Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 1. This is part of the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Not really the Beatitudes, but the Sermon on the Mount. And so Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 1. I'm going to give you this morning uh, an instructional message. And I understand that when we preach, uh, you know, sometimes we preach in the power of the Spirit of God. And I love to do that. I love to feel the power of the Spirit of God. And we preach about Christ. And there's, there's, there's sermons on praise. There's sermons on hell. There's sermons. On... But this morning is going to be just a pastoral sermon on judgment. Just an instructional sermon this morning, message to our heart. I doubt the Spirit will be having anybody jumping out the windows this morning, but I'm going to tell you something. The message I'm about to preach is very needed in today's church. Let's begin reading. If you would stand with me, please, to Matthew chapter number 7. Stand with me as we read. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read a few verses. The Bible says, judge not. Let's not stop reading there. Too many people stop reading there. Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own? Thou hypocrite. I didn't say that. Jesus did. You say, preacher, you shouldn't use negative words from the pulpit. Well, the Lord did. Thou hypocrite, first cast the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Father, take the message, speak to our hearts, teach us from the word of God, Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. There's a lot of discussion lately about judging in the Christian community, judging. Our Supreme Court has just made a decision to give, the latest decision is to overturn Roe versus Wade and to give the right to life to the unborn child. I say thank God for that judgment. Amen. But I want you to understand that that decision to give that right to the unborn child, and by the way, it was based on a belief system. Your judgment and my judgment and God's judgment is based on a belief system. And the Supreme Court's decision was based not on law, but on a belief system. That judgment was based on that. What does the Bible say about Christian judgment? Are we to judge? Did Jesus say judge not? But we're going to have to put that in context with itself. We're going to have to put it in the scope of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Does Jesus say don't judge? Well, let me tell you something. You and I are to discern, that is judge. We are to use good discernment between right and wrong, good and evil, righteousness and wickedness. Somebody say amen. amen. We are. And God intends for us to use good judgment in our life. We're always going to be faced every day with a decision. We must assess a situation. We must make a decision in the situation. Every day, listen to me carefully, is going to be a judgment. It certainly is. So we want to understand what Jesus is saying here when in the first two words he says, judge not. 
You see, if we just say, oh, I don't want to judge, I'm not going to be a judge. God didn't make me a judge. God tells me to judge not, Matthew 7, 1, those two words, it's kind of like the words Jesus wept. It's easy to remember. But if we just make an assessment and we do not judge, we do not use discernment, we remove ourselves from society. Let me give you a quote about that. The price that good men pay to remain indifferent to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. Let me say that again. The price that good men pay to remain indifferent to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. In other words, when we say, oh, I'm not to judge, it's not my point. Listen, we're going to be ruled. The Bible says when the uh, evil is in rule that the righteous mourn. Amen. So God help us to use good judgment, to use good discernment. There's those who say here in Matthew 7, the Bible says to judge not. But listen to me carefully. A baby comes out of the womb using judgment. They're going to judge what food they like and what food they don't like. You can take the spoon and go, but if they don't like it, they're going to go, amen. A baby's going to come out of the womb judging what makes them comfortable and what makes them uncomfortable. A baby's going to come out of the womb with judgment to know which parent they can twist around their little finger. Amen. God does delegate judgment to the affairs of men. So let's take a biblical look at discernment from Genesis to Revelation quickly and let's exercise as Christians some good jurisprudence. Somebody say amen. God, in Genesis 18, the first use of the word judge is Genesis 18, and the Bible says that God is the judge, capital J, of all the earth. Let me tell you something. The folks in the Supreme Court are not the judges of the earth. We have one, and it is a capital J, and the Bible says in the, the assessment of that verse, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? I'm glad I have a God that I can appeal to and he'll do right. And by the way, let me remind you something. His righteousness is based on his belief system. It sure is. And so his laws are right. But let me ask you a question. Does God delegate the authority to judge to man? Does he give us that authority? Does the Bible bear that out to discern between good and evil? to discern, to make choices, and those choices, we're either going to enjoy the benefit of that choice or we're going to suffer the consequence of that choice. Did, listen, God gave that choice in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve to make choices to discern between good and evil. Yes, God gives us the ability and the authority to judge. Absolutely. Absolutely. The seventh book of the Bible is called the book of Judges. And God instituted that office for those men to judge the law, to judge the word of God, to judge the people, to judge the nation so that that nation would be led in a way of righteousness. When those judges failed to do what was right, to judge what was right, to discern between good and evil, that nation fell. God help us. The word judge can be a noun. 
the person who sits behind the bench. I remember my first time serving in, in court that uh, I was on a jury. And the judge was so regal as he sat there behind the bench in his robes. That's a noun. But a judge can also be a verb, which means that we are to discern right from wrong, to make a determination of right and wrong, to assess a situation. Make sure you understand that we are brought into this world to utilize good discernment. Somebody say amen. An ability to make the right choices in life. And God has given us as human beings every resource we need to make the absolute dogmatic right decision in our life. You say, preacher, today, in today's world, there's a lot of gray area. When I try to make decisions, I find a lot of gray area. It's not black and it's not white. Let me tell you something. You get in this book and God will give you discernment. You, you let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. God will give you discernment. God gave you a conscience. And that conscience can be taught and trained by the Holy Spirit to do what is absolutely right in this world. Amen, preacher. To neglect, to use good judgment, leaves a person gullible to those who are deceitful. To neglect, to use good judgment, leaves a person unguarded to those who would not exercise discernment and use duplicity. Jesus tells us in his word that we are to be wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves. Amen. The earlier in life that we learn to be a good judge, to have good discernment, to make the right choices, the better off we'll be. The people that I counsel, I've counseled people even this week whose life is absolutely in chaos by the, by the, the means of their own choices. Their choices have destroyed their work life. Their choices have destroyed their, their uh, family life. It's destroyed their friendships. It's destroyed every area. Why? The choices they make. God gives us the ability to make the right choices. And yet, if we refuse to exercise discernment, chaos will follow. Let me give you three ways and we'll close. That judgment is good. First of all, there's the sensibility of judgment. The opposite of discernment is confusion. Let me say that again. The opposite of discernment is confusion. We know the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. If there's confusion in your life, God's not the author of it. If there's confusion in the church, God's not the author of it. God is the author of peace. Understand that he's given us the resources, the scripture, the spirit, our conscience to help guide us through life. I've used this analogy before, but it's good to use it again. If there's confusion in your life and the water is murky, the old man had a, the old, the old wide people with sagacity said this, if the creek is muddy, go up the creek and get the hogs out of it. God has given us a resource to clear up the creek. Amen. Yet, as I look at our society, I see, I see a lot of people who look like they've been drinking downstream of the herd. I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Job said this in Job chapter 34, let us choose us good judgment that we may know ourselves what is good. God wants us to develop good judgment, to utilize good judgment, to know what is right and wrong and employ that in our lives. He not only wants us to develop that, he wants us to utilize it in our lives so our lives do not become chaotic. Our nation has become chaotic because we have not exercised good judgment. And it's getting worse. God, listen, he gives us the resource of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the word of God. Now let me give you something. I I want you to, if you take anything away from my sermon, you take this away. God is basically saying with his word, I have already developed a belief system. I've already developed what is right and what is wrong. I've already written it in a book, and I'm giving it to you to receive. It's that simple. And a Christian, a true born-again Christian will say, God, I trust you. I trust your word. I trust that you've already thought this out. I trust that you've already foreseen the future. I trust that you've already looked into eternity past. I trust that you not only know time, that you know circumstances, you know situations. I trust you. I will simply receive your word. That's faith. That's trust. And the Bible says about trust, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Praise God. That about makes me excited on an instructional sermon. Amen. I'm grateful for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. David said this in Psalm 33 verse number 5. He loveth righteousness righteousness and judgment the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord when I not only trust God that he's already figured out what is right and what is wrong but I trust him that the things that he does are good and the world that he created is is wonderful praise God I enjoy this world amen I mean I look at the judgment of God and I just see a tree and I say wow God How wonderful are a bird, Jason. I mean, wow, how wonderful. God, you must just be so intelligent and creative. And boy, I trust him. Amen. I trust him. I trust his word. So he loves righteousness because the earth is full of his goodness. When I look at God's, what God's cultivated, I trust him. But if we read the first two words of this phrase here in Matthew chapter 7, Judge not. Most people in the world read those two words and say, Well, I ain't supposed to be a judge, preacher. You better read the rest of the chapter. Amen. You better read the rest of the book. Listen, there are two types of judgment. Let me give you this quickly. Two types of judgment. One is on people's actions and deeds, and the other is on their motives. Now, let me make sure that we understand this. I'm to judge your actions and your deeds. I mean, listen, I'm to judge the actions and deeds of people and make sure that I don't hook up with the wrong people. Amen. What fellowship hath light with darkness and what concord hath Christ with Belial? God gives me good judgment. I'm to judge their actions and their deeds. 
but I'm never to judge their motives. Judging their motives is what's in their heart. I don't know what's in somebody's heart. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't know your heart. And your actions sometimes may seem like that something's in your heart that's not even there. Somebody say amen. amen. When we decide that we can tell what's in a person's heart and we sit in, the, in our judgmental seat and we think we know what's in their heart and we condemn them for their motive and we condemn them for, for, for what their decisions they make and we don't know their motive. Listen, that's what Jesus is saying. Don't you be judgmental in a condemning way over the motives of somebody else. You know how often I've heard this as a pastor? Well, the reason they gave that is they just wanted a name for themselves. Well, I'm just glad they gave it. Amen. I'm not going to judge their motive. Amen. The reason she did that is so she would be known in this kind of circle. Well, I'm just glad she did if it was good. Amen. God didn't make me a judge of that. Amen. Make sure that we understand the Bible says God, the man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Did Jesus not say here, for those of us who would have a judgmental, condemning, critical, cynical type spirit, he said, what measure you meet, it'll be measured to you again. If you judge someone's motive and judge their heart and you're condemning them and, and, and use all this condemnation, hey, it's going to come back to haunt you, friend. What measure you meet will be measured to you again. You will reap what you sow. If you sow a condemning, judgmental, cynical spirit, you will reap that. Amen, preacher. Don't forget, you reap what you sow. Notice this about what Jesus said. He didn't say, don't pull the splinter out of somebody else's eye. He said, get rid of that saw log that's in yours before you pull some of the splinter. Amen. <laughs> he said, it'll be measured to you again. Take care of your own problems first. Oh, how easy it is to see the faults and the problems of somebody else that are small while overlooking our large problems. Yes, sir. The human being has a profoundly flawed nature to overlook our own faults and pick out somebody else's. Amen. Folks, now let me just tell you, we're flawed in that way. And if you think you're not, you need to get on this altar because we're profoundly flawed in that way. We, we want to pick out, Jesus said it like this. He said there are those who strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. That means they gag on, on trying to swallow a gnat and they... We'll swallow a camel later. Huh. My mama used to say it like this. Don't measure my court in your half a bushel. Some of y'all farmers will get that. Amen. He didn't say don't pull the splinter out of somebody else's eye. He just said make, make sure before you do eye surgery that you don't have a saw log in yours. I went to the eye doctor Friday. I was having flashes of light and this floaters in my eye. And, boy, I had to have an, get an emergency appointment. God blessed me to get in an emergency appointment. And, and the eye doctor came in. And, listen, I'm glad he didn't have blinders on or he'd have blinded me. Amen. 
And Jesus is saying, make sure that you see clearly before you make a judgment on someone else. God help me not to use tweezers on someone else when I need a tractor to pull something out of mine. Somebody say amen. Thank you. So Jesus has not given us a prohibition here to rule on the actions of others. And, but he's, what he's saying is don't be hypocritical when you do. So number one, there's a sensibility of judgment. Hope you got that. We're going to move on. There's the speed of judgment. Here's another way that we err in judgment. We're living in a culture, the American culture, is hair-triggered when it comes to making a judgment call. We have a media-saturated culture that is promoting us to make quick judgments. Let me say that again. We have a media-saturated culture that is promoting us to make quick judgments. The Bible says watch, watch out for the speed of the judgment that you make because you may just have that beam in your own eye. Someone has said this, that we get enough exercise jumping to conclusions, carrying things too far, running down others, dodging responsibility, pushing our luck, flying off the handle, and digging up dirt. I'd say that is true. Somebody say amen. Listen, even our U.S. court system is based on this fact that someone is innocent until proven guilty. Until all the evidence comes in, stop making judgment. You say, preacher, you're preaching on one hand that we're to make calls, discernment, and the other hand we're not. I'm saying be slow about it. Talk about the speed about it. When evidence is inconclusive, our circumstantial evidence is pointing in a certain way. Jurisprudence says give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Not always easy to do. That's what Paul said when he said, Faith hopeth all things, and faith believeth all things. Well, now, wait a minute. If you believe all things, you're pretty gullible. What does that mean when, when Paul said, faith believeth all things? It means you give somebody else the benefit of the doubt until evidence weighs otherwise. Amen. The Bible instructs us from the John 7, 24. He says this about circumstantial evidence. He says, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Then i got to close here. Not only is there the sensibility of judgment, yes, we are to use good judgment. There's the speed, we're to be slow, but finally, there's the solution to it. I want you to really get this in your mind, the solution. When you're called on to make a judgment in your life, and you will be, when you're called on to make a decision in your life, to use good discernment in your life, the end of that, should be restoration and not condemnation. Let me explain what I'm saying there. When you and I are called to make a ruling in our life, the reason to judge is not to be punitive but corrective. 
So often you and I judge simply to be punitive, simply to want discipline, simply to want that person to be punished for what they've done, when ultimately judgment is not for punishment or discipline, it's for to correct the problem. And when you, you and I sit in judgment, well, I'll tell you what, they shouldn't have done that. It's all discipline. It's all punishment. It's all criticism. No, God gives us good judgment to face the problem. And yes, punishment and discipline are part of the solution, but the ultimate is correction and not discipline. Somebody say amen. God help us to not that our judgment not be aimed at punishment but restoration, not at discipline but in reinstatement. The companion passage of what we read here, Jesus said in, in Luke 6, 37, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. The ultimate reason to use good judgment is for correction. Somebody say amen. If we condemn in order to punish, that was the reason Jesus said, judge not. Galatians 6, 1 says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The purpose of being a judge is restoration not condemnation. I'd like to put that on a banner up here. I really would. To conclude the message today is the answer when Jesus said, judge not, if we quit reading right there, we're going to be in a mess. We're going to be in a social mess, a family mess, a personal mess. But if we continue to read and we follow the guidelines of Scripture, it's imperative that we cultivate discernment for every single day of life. God help us to be careful to use our judgment, our discernment, our belief system, everything we use, God help us to use it for our good and God's glory. Not to sit on a bench and condemn others for their actions or for their motives. But to use God's word for restoration and not condemnation. I gave you an instructional message this morning. It was much needed for today. Much needed for the church today. Much needed for the Christian today. Now, I want to ask you a question as we begin this Bible school week. Let me tell you something. If you're lost this morning, the best decision you could make would be to make the decision I talked about in the message, to receive God's Word. He's already thought it out, planned it out. It's already perfect. The Word of the Lord is perfect. The Bible says, redeeming the soul. I want to ask you this morning, is there one here that's lost? You don't know Christ as your Savior. And you've never received Christ. You've never received the Word. You've never trusted the Lord. I want to ask you to do that right now. I want you to slip out of your seat. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. 
I just want you to slip out of your seat and come forward. We'll meet you with a Bible and show you how you can be saved, how you can trust Jesus Christ, how you can have the right belief system, how you can put the right things in your life to help you discern your life and how to live your life God's way. Would there be one? Say, preacher, by my coming, I'm saying I'm lost. I want to receive Christ. Anybody? We wait just a moment. Preacher, I've searched my heart. I've really never trusted Christ. I've really never trusted the Bible. I've really never opened my heart to the things of God. We wait just a moment. And then for you, Christian, I know I've given an, an instructional message this morning. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's been a help to you. I hope you've seen some things from the Word of God, maybe that you didn't understand before. And I appreciate you being here. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Brian's already slipped out.